Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that! On Talk Sport. Welcome to the Fight Night podcast from TalkSport. I'm Adam Catterall. Pleasure as always to be in your company. If it's the first time you've ever been here, though, come on, you know what to do if you're a podcaster. Make sure you press subscribe. We're available on iTunes. You're looking for Fight Night. It's a nice yellow sticker. It's got all the TalkSport branding. You can't miss it, basically. Or if you need an Android feed, head to the TalkSport website, TalkSport.com. Uh, now, we reside every single Saturday night, so we're live, and we, you can interact with us by ringing in on the show. But if you decide that uh, you're busy on a Saturday night now that the beer gardens are open and you want to uh, listen to us at your own free will, we'll be here every single Monday morning for you. So that's when the podcast will turn up. And there's always a stellar uh, guest list for you to enjoy. Um, Frank Warren came to join us after the back of uh, his show at the weekend he's on the podcast Craig Richards who fights for a world title this weekend he's on the show you're also going to hear from former world champ Regis Progres he was involved in that thriller escapade last week he fought Ivan Redcatch weird ending to his fight anyway he addresses all that on this podcast so make sure you stick with us alright first and foremost though um, myself and Gareth A. Davis decided to start the show talking about the rumours uh, of a new broadcasting deal for matchroom boxing. Of course, currently they have everything on Sky Sports, but there's a hot rumour at the moment that they are going to leave that deal and move to the over-the-top streaming service that is the Zone. That is where we start the podcast. I suppose the biggest news story uh, is that matchroom uh, boxing are on the verge of maybe changing their uh, UK broadcaster for such a long period of time. We've been used to uh, them partnering up uh, with Sky Sports. I know that you have um, spoken this week to the guys at Matchroom and uh, and done a, an article for the newspaper, Gareth. Uh, so let's mm. get the facts first of all. Where are we currently at with this deal? Well, Eddie, Eddie's reluctant. Eddie Hearn's reluctant right now to um, to go any further than saying... He won't comment on speculation that they've got a contract with Sky. Yes, they've got a contract with Sky. But, as we know, that ends at the beginning of July. Mm. Um, they've been excellent, as Eddie, as Eddie Hearn told me, they've been excellent long-standing partners. It's an eight-year partnership. And in that time, that's been the whole growth of Eddie Hearn, who, of course, this week 
became the chairman of Matchroom Sport, not just Matchroom Boxing. Mm-hmm. So it was an incredibly, I think, germane or salient timing of his promotion to head up the company at a time when this was clearly leaked to the athletic in, in, in America or the athletics and online service. But Mike Coppinger there, US insider, leaked some of this information. It's a minimum, Adam, hundred million uh hundred million dollar deal minimum. Yeah. We know that he signed an eight year deal with DAZN for a billion US dollars anyway. And they've got DAZN US Matchroom USA providing DAZN, Matchroom Spain, Matchroom Italy, mm-hmm. Matchroom Uzbekistan you know, the, 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 the empire, you know, strikes back, doesn't it? If I can put it that way. Yeah. And he and he is growing. He He's becoming Darth Hearn, isn't he? You know, <laughs> I, I think he's he's a Sith rather than a Jedi, isn't he? I mean, I, mean, I don't know what now more analogies I can do other than Star Wars, but it really is. It's intergalactic. He's going, uh, well, I'll put it in, in this way. Eddie Hearn has said, he told me this specifically three weeks ago, we intend to become the UFC of boxing. Yeah. And what he means by that, Adam, is we intend to be known as the global force in boxing. And I think he's on the way with it. Um, I, I, You know, of, it could be a leverage position, this leak, to get more money out of Sky. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I think the reason he will stay with Sky... Uh, box office to a certain extent is he's left the door open for negotiations with Dillian White and Anthony Joshua to still negotiate with Sky Box Office and Sky, but he's taken the rest of his stable to zone. I think that will happen on July the 1st. Yeah, for those that are, are unaware of the story, the leaked information that came out earlier on in the week is that Matchroom are moving to zone, and that what that will mean for British consumers is that everything that you are used to seeing on Sky, bar Anthony Joshua and Dillian White, will now go on the over-the-top streaming service. I mean, there's lots of plus points to this. There's lots of negative points to this. Um, and I think it's only fair that we discuss them for people that are consuming this to see how this will affect them as they consume their boxing, because as Eddie says, uh, and I'm, I'm sure most people will concede, Matchroom Boxing are the uh, the premier promoter, most certainly in this country, if not the world. Um, nine figures is over five years um, gives Eddie an awful opportunity to make some of the very best fights, and that's what we all want as um, as fight fans. We want to see the best against the best, and if you've got uh, nine figures in your bank, you've uh, got an opportunity to be able to do that. I think the current price point for fans is very attractive. For those that don't mm. know, you can stream this at £1.99 per month. I don't know if it'll stay like that, mm. but right now, it's that's the price, and it's a very attractive for fight fans for a one-stop shop. I think Eddie's spoken this week that he wants to uh, have a, a bigger say in the product itself and how it looks from a talent standpoint, whether it be presenters, commentators and, and pundits, also the shoulder programming. So that's a positive as well. So therefore he can uniform everything. And you just mentioned it there, Gareth. He wants to become the UFC of boxing. This is basically UFC Fight Pass. For any UFC fight fan out there that has a Fight Pass subscription, this is basically what this kind of will look like. From a negative point of view, I don't know uh, whether you agree with me on this, there's currently no what I would class as major audience, especially in the UK, on the zone. It's nowhere near what Sky Sports can offer, obviously, Eddie and Matchroom mm. Sports at this moment. So how do you go about building the next superstar, i.e. a Conor Ben, for example? That's where we're all tipping, maybe the next pay-per-view superstar. How do you go and build that next superstar if the audience isn't there? He has currently got a monopoly on Sky's marketing machine through Sky Sports News. Every time there's a show, Sky Sports News is rolling that ticker tape, constantly saying, come and watch this, come and watch this, come and watch this. And he's building guys up brilliantly, and it's been a brilliant relationship over the last eight years. He must be very confident in here. And if this goes ahead, and again, 
This is a leaked piece of information. Eddie's not commented on this directly. This is not uh, verbatim. But what we are saying is that if this does go through and if, if this is true, from, from me just on the outside looking at this, Gareth, Eddie Hearn's not a silly man. He's a very clever guy. He knows what he's doing. He must be confident that the audience is going to move. It's going to move from Sky Sports. It's going to move to the over-the-top streaming service with The Zone. And in my opinion, they only move to The Zone if The Zone acquire the Premier League football rights, which are up for auction later on this year. And if that happens, all of a sudden, you've got a mass audience in one place of which then can attract that casual audience. Because that's a big thing for Eddie. That casual audience, the general sports fan who come to his shows and come and watch the big pay-per-views of a weekend or whatever it may be, they come from, from there. The hardcore fans are going. It's the casual fans that he needs to keep hold of. And I think it only happens if the zone become a player in the football market as well as the boxing market. Well, so you make a very, uh, several very good points. Eddie. I don't agree with you on one thing, but I agree with you on all of it. Apart from that one thing is that um, I, I, I completely agree on... Uh, the marketing strategy that Sky Sports have an enormous yeah. reach with with sports desks in the national newspapers, with resonance, with um, with just news in general, with fans. Sky Sports News is an enormous machine, and we see that whenever there's a big event coming up. We'll see that all next week with Derek Chisora and uh, Joseph Parker fighting and Natasha Jonas mm. and Katie Taylor fight. We'll see it really ramp up. Craig Richards and Dimitri Bivol, of course, as well. An incredible fight in that card. I know we'll talk about that later. Um, all of that's right. I mean, the, like you say, zone doesn't market beyond what it is at the moment. Mm-hmm. Completely agree with you that their strategy is seeding for now. Seeding for the growth later on. They are going to be enormous if they stick in the market for long enough and continue the progress and policies that they do have. You know, I've worked for them and I've worked around them a little bit so far as well on some broadcasts and, you know, done... They've got really... They've got a brilliant team that do things. I think yep. what... They do need to market more, but like you say, if they get the football, that gives it that giant leap forward. Rather like when BT Sport acquired, you know, Champions, Champions League, League. Yeah. Yeah, you're and right. it, 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 it brought the audience, and then they could market to the, those audiences. It's a very well kind of verse strategy. I, I think it's, I think DAZN is is is. I think the, the the concept is similar to UFC Fight Pass, but you you're still going to get. what well, for example, we're still going to get Canelo against Billy Joe Saunders on DAZN. Yeah. Um, so, you know, on May the 8th. So it, I think it's it's also timed right. There isn't, you know, so people can watch on their iPads, they watch on their phones, they yeah. can watch. It, they're being encouraged to watch in that way, you know, and you put, put the SCART cable into your giant I think it's a lot easier for consumers, Gareth. I really do. Oh, it I is. Oh, it, it is. I think Look, it's so easy. I, I, mean, I mean, you flick a button and DAZN does its Rubik's Cube, doesn't it? And then, woof, you're in. And, and and it's a very I think I think you're not flicking through channels. You just go to whatever sport it is, and Big yeah. Bang Bosh, you're there. It's if something's live, it's live. If you want to watch it on playback or five minutes later, all of that kind of stuff. Oh, the app, the app is very good, mate. Very, That's what I mean. The good. app is extraordinarily, you know, it's just brilliant. And and you know, when we have these phones that flick open a screen eventually. You know, and, and we, you know, we're all. Do you know what I mean? We're all watching our thing. You're watching the football. He's watching that. She's watching that. You know, but um, I, I think, I, I, I think, like you say, Eddie's a very clever man. You know, he, he's, he, he, he can swing with both. That's the way way I think he'll do it, and he'll still have a relationship with Sky Sports. I mean, remember, yeah. he's he's. 
He's chairman of the Matchroom Stable now, and I think I, I think I read somewhere a while ago that fifteen percent of all of Sky Sports output is Matchroom. So if you include the darts and the snooker, snooker and, yeah, and yeah. all of these things that you know it used to be, um, you know, marlin fishing or whatever it used to be, the the, the different things that they did. Um, so I think there's every reason to suspect that there'll be several pay per view events on Sky through the year as well, but. You know, it, but but the Sky Deal is also offering an opportunity to other promoters. Yeah, you know, um, we you spoke know, to Wasserman, didn't we, like last we week? We spoke you know? to exactly Wasserman Boxing. They've got an enormous amount of money. They've got you know Kala and Nisa Sauland behind them in terms of their technical know-how in the boxing. Um, you know, I know there's another promotional group being launched next week as well, by the way. Mm. Um, a little insight. They, I've already interviewed the promoter. It's under wraps at the moment. That's launching next week as well. Um, you know, how long is Frank Warren's deal with, with, with BT Sport? Yeah. Could he move? You know, if he brought Tyson Fury... And his stable, the McCanns of this world, and you know the Archie Sharps, his stars moving forward. Could he come back to Sky? You know, so there's it. It, it, it swings and roundabouts. It's it's a moving. It's Game of Thrones, basically. Isn't it, it is. That's what I, it is. Do you know something? You've summed it up. Switching. You've, you summed, you've summed it up with Game of Thrones. That's right. The Targaryens yeah. are moving, mate. Everybody, yeah, everybody's exactly. moving in the right direction. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. As uh, the, the facts are, is that uh, Matchroom's current deal with Sky is uh, up until the summer, and then from uh, July onwards, we will find out where they are going to be broadcasting uh, their shows for UK audiences. So there you go. As and when we get more news on that, you'll get it right here on Talk Sports. Last weekend. Thriller was the entertainment platform showcasing some fights. I say fights, more entertainment cross fights uh, because it was the Jake Paul Ben Askren escapade uh, of which Regis Pagres, who's later on on this podcast, also featured. YouTuber fights. Is boxing in a good or a bad place? We had a bit of a debate on Saturday night. A very different type of uh, boxing event, which uh, was broadcast on the entertainment platform uh, Triller. We saw Jake Paul in the aftermath say that it did 1.5 million pay-per-view buys. I don't know how much truth uh, is mm. in that. I haven't seen any verification on that, but uh, I've got to take his word for it that that's, uh, that, that, that is the way it went. Um, and um, you've got to commend him because at the end of the day, anybody that steps through the ropes, there's a lot of pressure on them. You talk the talk, you've got to walk the walk. And although Ben Askren isn't necessarily the greatest striker uh, that has come out of the game of mixed martial arts, he is a fighter. He is a, he is a trained fighter. He went in there and he uh, was beaten in the first round, knocked out in the first round uh, by a guy uh, that has built up some serious wealth on YouTube, stepped into the boxing uh, domain uh, and now built up a record of 3-0. and Um... Now, the question that comes off the back of it, and loads of my friends have, have sent me messages this week, and I'm sure people uh, have done the same to you, Gareth, this week. Is boxing in a bad place? Um, I've got plenty of thoughts on this, but I would love yours first, my friend. Is boxing in well, a bad place? Well, I think it emanated, first of all, from a quote from the UFC's president, Dana White, saying boxing was in a bad place, and it was a top-line kind of news story on the Sunday and Monday after Jake Paul had knocked out Ben Askren in the first round. For those living under a rock or those that are just in the car or cooking or just listening to us tonight because they love us, thank you very much. Thank you. All the millions of you out there, thank you very much. (laughs) Um, We're on tour soon, wherever wherever you need us. Um, The the thing is this, right? 
In the land of the unsighted, the one-eyed man is king, isn't he? Yeah. yeah? And, and Ben Askren is a wrestler who was able to take people to the ground the whole time. A brilliant wrestler. And smother striking and boxing and, yeah. and knees and all those things in MMA to win world titles in Bellator and in one championship and then got knocked out himself by a very dangerous striker in Jorge Masvidal, who fights tonight. Later, we'll discuss that um, later on in the show. But here's the thing. Um, it wasn't a true boxing match. It was a major circus yeah. last weekend. It wasn't a boxing event, even though um, Regis Progre, who is a friend of the show, brilliant fighter, was on the card. Even though Steve Cunningham, who fought Tyson Fury on his American debut in New York, um, was on the card against Frank Mir, a former UFC heavyweight champion. It was Snoop Dogg. It was Oscar De La Hoya out of his mind. It was, these were the commentary. It was like me and you getting caned, yeah, and talking about basketball, basically. Do you know what I mean? It yeah. was not, it was not. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, was, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought all those bits up because I've, I've just, made, I made a few notes as, as the, as the broadcast was going along. Now, there are plus points. I'll, I'll give you the plus points first and foremost, yeah, right? Because people yeah. keep coming to me and saying, oh, this lad off YouTube, he shouldn't be in the game of boxing. It's making a mockery out of the game of boxing. Okay. As Gareth just pointed out there, Let's let's view it not as boxing. Let's view it no. purely first and foremost as entertainment because that's what it is. It's not boxing. And entertainment for a certain group of people. Of course. With a bit of boxing put in. in of course. In of view. course. Of course. Um, so let's say the positives that come out of Jake Paul doing what he's doing is that a kid that follows him on his YouTube channel or whatever it may be is inspired to go to the gym. Fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. If, if, if that's what happens, then I am all for it. Because let's be honest, the majority of young people that are watching this lad are, are gamers. They are watching too much television, probably sat in the bedrooms, maybe um, are, are online far too often. They need a bit more exercise. We all need a bit more fresh air, don't we? So if he's inspiring guys to put the boxing gloves on and go to a proper boxing gym, fan. Fantastic. Kids might explore off the back of what Jake Paul's doing. Other fighters, they might end up falling in love with the sport. That, again, for me, is a plus point. Other fighters might be inspired to raise their game when it comes to mm. building a platform and building an audience because they've seen this lad just steam on in here and get paid a boatload of cash. They're not doing it because they've gone through the amateur ranks and they're building themselves up and they haven't got that following. Maybe it might in inspire them to invest in themselves and build up social media platforms. Who knows? Negative-wise... Gareth touched upon it just then, right? For me, negative-wise, is the false narratives that can be created off the back of these fights. Because the narrative, the overtop narrative is, lad off YouTube beats UFC fighter, right? That's in a boxing match. That's yeah. basically the narrative. But as Gareth just pointed out there, he wasn't the greatest UFC fighter. He wasn't a striker. He was hey, a and wrestler. you and I are in better shape than Ben Askren. Absolutely. Right well. Absolutely, he, he, man. He, he, he's never looked like a pair before, and he looks <laughs> like a pair when yeah, he weighed Yeah, in, I think you're right. He? I think you're right. So I think it's important for me, for to, to, to the casual fan, it's important for me of how that is sold to the casual fan, all right? And as I said two moments ago, this is entertainment to a certain audience. It is not sport. The style of broadcasting, as you brought up there, Gareth, it's concerning for me. It really is. Mm. Um, I'm all for fan-led media. We've seen the boom of fan-led media, haven't we? Mm. Uh, and the more casual way to broadcast um, um, these events and the watch-alongs and various things like that, of which we've all been in, in, involved in in some way, shape, or form. But as you just said, you've got a rapper in Snoop Dogg 
who uh, is alongside Oscar De La Hoya and a couple of other guys in there from the entertainment business. And let's be honest, they, they'd had a good time probably before they went on air. Um, I, I, thought, I don't think me and you, with our brilliant production team that we have on various platforms that we work on, I don't think we'd have been allowed on, the, on air at any point in those type of uh, states and situations. So it was well, a very... We'd have been taped up. We'd, they'd have taped us up. Absolutely. They, they, they would. It, it's Oscar a very De different Hoya broadcast, even admitted afterwards. Yeah, Oscar De La Hoya even admitted a couple of days later, I'm really sorry, got in the bar beforehand had a few too many drinks and i was just a bit wild on there there was no look it wasn't professional it it wasn't a professional and i'm not knocking oscar over that but it just the whole thing it was like it was it was basically on on, it was interesting yeah the first fight between the first and second fight i think it was 90 minutes yeah with musical acts um yeah look look here's the thing in two months' time, Jake Paul's brother, Logan Paul, is fighting yeah. Floyd Mayweather. Yes. Yeah. And the, 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 so... inter- the interesting thing about that, Gareth, as well, right? Because I'm, we're, it's rumoured to be on the same weekend as Tiafimo Lopez and George yeah. Cambosas, isn't it? It is. It now, is. Tiafimo Lopez and Cambosas is the undi- well, what we were classed as undisputed lightweight championship of the world. Devin Haney might mm. argue against it, but the undisputed lightweight championship of the world. That is taking place on Triller, the entertainment platform. And Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul is supposed to be taking place on Showtime pay-per-view, which is a traditional boxing channel. Yeah. But it's just all over the place. Everything seems to be a little bit of a mess at the moment. And, and I don't know how you feel about this, but for me, boxing only has itself to blame to be in this situation right now because the game is run by TV execs, let's be honest. They are thirsty for numbers. They're looking for big audiences. And if actual fighters, real fighters, the best of the best, aren't making the best of the best fights, if they're not in the biggest fights, that are attracting the biggest numbers for those... Uh, execs to have their thirst quenched, then they're obviously going to go and look for something else. So they're looking towards these showbiz fights. They're looking towards nostalgia, bringing Mike Tyson out of retirement. That's what they're looking towards at the moment. So boxing, look at this. If you're angry with it and you don't like it, you can't hate the play, you've got to hate the game. We've got to sort ourselves out. We've got to get the best of the best in the ring in order to attract the audience to quench the thirst of the execs. That's it. I'm going to tease you now. Would you do a broadcast on Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr.? What, what do you mean? Would I do it? Of course I would, because I know it would sell. I know it would sell. Yeah, and would, would I present it? I did. That's what I did. Yeah. Exactly. No, exactly. So I'm just teasing you. And I would have as well. I stayed up and watched it live, and I wrote on the Telegraph's live blog about it on the night. Yeah. Um, I kind of resented it at the time, because I knew, I felt I knew what would happen with two 50-year-olds. Mm. But the thing was, that event... Like you just called it, it's exactly right. It was a nostalgia event. Yes. We don't know. We don't know. And it will create more nostalgia events. I think we will see Mike Tyson in with Evander Holyfield again. Because, as we know, that did 1.3 well, or 1.6 million. Evander's with views, Kevin McBride, isn't he, on the TFM exactly. Lopez undercard? Yeah. Oh, of course he is, yeah. No, but I think he is. That's right. I did know that. But I do think we'll see him fight Mike Tyson yeah. again as well. And we will see fake ears fly off and all of that kind of stuff. <laughs> but in, in, in reference to the old ear biting incident for those that weren't around in 1999. But the, the, the thing is this um, you know, it's. it's Boxing and fight sports have always existed around hype and promotion and narrative and personality. And when you've got all those things together, it works. I think, you know, Jake Paul has an amazing but probably kind of 14-year-old personality at times, doesn't he? That's how he he puts himself out there as this rascally teenager almost. Mm -hmm. He knows what he's doing. His followers 
suck up to this kind of stuff. They love it. They love his his kind of immature rantings. They ju- it just works for him. And he is a physical specimen. He looks good. He clearly trains. But they staged that for him to win against Ben Askren, who of clearly course. hadn't trained. Yeah. But I do think we'll see him in with serious boxes. I know we're hearing from Tommy Fury earlier, and Jake, uh, later rather, but I, and I know that Tommy Fury against him, again, that would bring a massive British audience to it. And I wouldn't mind seeing those two fight. But what does Jake Paul do straight away, Adam? He says, I'll fight Tommy Fury. Yeah. I'll, yes, I'll take the fight as long as Tyson Fury gets involved as well. It's marketeering. It does take it in a weird direction. Yeah. But even Eddie Hearns dipped his toes in with Logan, um, with Logan Paul and and KSI. KSI. Yeah, yeah. He, I, I was there. I covered it for a week. It was you know I met the sidemen. I met I met chunks. I met different. No, but these guys are the mainstream. <laughs> these are the, these are the mainstream coming up. These are the the YouTube stars. They they and and I think we have to be aware of that. MMA I think can't do the same thing because it's so um, it's so much more of a of a of a of a fight with all those eight parts of your fist, your elbows, yeah. your knees, your it's feet. Far more complex. It's far far more complex. So I think. I think there'll come a time when we see two celebrities who are brilliant. Who uh, one's a jujitsu guy, one's been a collegiate wrestler. I think we'll see them um, it fight each other. But boxing is being, can I say, kidnapped a little bit at the moment um, by by ransomed by by people you know who have a massive following because they know they can make money at it. So off the back of discussing whether boxing's in a good place because of YouTubers entering the space, we decided to speak to a guy that could be fighting one of these YouTubers in the not-too-distant future. The one and only Tommy Fury joined us at the weekend. You know, it is what it is. You know, these guys, they have huge you know, social media platforms, you know. He's got millions of people in, you know, America and all over the world, you know, who follow him. And, you know, everybody in the world loves to see a fight. You know, that's the number one sport that everybody's tuning into, you know, old people, young people, middle-aged people, they're all going to tune into it. And if these men, you know, have these massive social media followings, what they're going to do, get in a ring against somebody else and they're going to get millions and millions of pounds for it. Hmm. Like, you know, every, everyone's going to watch it. So it's just another reinvent, you know, just reinvent themselves, don't they? You know, he's, he's been a YouTuber, he's made all these videos, now he's trying to be a boxer and, you know, I'm sure he'll do plenty of other things by the time he's finished. But, you know, it is what it is. It's bringing new, new eyes to our sport, but, I don't think, you know, they're not watched by boxing purists, though, are they? You know, it's no. the general public, you know, of course, but boxing purists, I don't think they're on board with it. And I don't think they ever will be on board with it. Um, and that's just the way it is. So how do you feel about having your name linked with him then? Because you're you're, you're a serious boxer. You're, you're starting out in your career. You're, you're in, the, in the fledgling period of your of your professional career so how do you feel are you flattered to be linked with him or are you insulted to be linked with him um i, I don't really think about it to be fair it is what it is it's uh, it's one of them things that tyson mentioned in a tweet um and just kind of threw it out there and you know he decided to throw some shots back at me you know let's get this uh straight you know i never called out jake paul uh, yeah. i don't really know much about the fella you know i know he's youtuber obviously but as far as you know anything else not really um so you know 
make no mistake, it doesn't matter to me whether my name's linked with his because to him, his name's nothing to me. You know, I'm a fighting man, I'm a boxer. So why do I care about, you know, a YouTuber or any YouTuber? It doesn't, it doesn't come into my world. So, you know, the fact that he's come over to my world and he's, he's shouting his mouth about and he wants to insult me and all these other things, let's get in the ring. Let's let's do it. You know, I, me and him's had the same amount of fights. I'm not no big, great Olympian who's won a gold medal and had 50,000 amateur fights. I've had 10 amateur fights when I was 15 and five professional fights. He's had three pro fights. Yeah, I've been doing it my whole life and he's been doing it however long he's been doing it. But on paper, we're the same. So if he wants to be cocky and, you know, go on like he's Floyd Mayweather, come and come and fight me. And if you don't, stop using the Fury name to gain relevance in the boxing world and go about your business because I don't need Jake Paul. If he wants a fight, he can get a fight. And that's as simple as it is. You are definitely, you are definitely John's son, Tommy. That was good chat. Uh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> uh, um, um, he's 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 been the mirror are quoting him tonight. Okay, Jake Paul, and we will move on to other things in a minute. But um, he's saying I think it'd be a massive fight. He's meaning Tommy. You, he's fought scrubs to make himself look good. People will say the same about me, but I fought guys with winning records like Ben Askren and Anison Gibb, or whoever that is. I'm not sure who that is. But um, I, meanwhile, I, <laughs> the thing is, it, it would enhance your career to have a fight like that, in my view. And there's nothing wrong with it, in my view. Do you know what it is for that fight? It's um, it's a playabout for me. You know, it's a good fight. It's a good fight for the fans. Everyone wants to see him get annihilated. Um, you know, it gives me a bit more of exposure, but you know, it is what it is. You know, if he wants it, he can get it. If he doesn't, crack on. But you know, there's nothing, there's nothing more to say. And I've said my piece, and there's nothing more I can send it. Just send the contracts over, get in touch, and we can make yeah. the fight not a problem. It's not, it's not no big thing that needs to be talked about for a year long. It's not like no. you know, a big fight like Anthony Joshua and Tyson. Like, it's not that. It's not on that level. Like, it doesn't need to be. I'm saying it from my side. You've heard from Frank Warren as well recently yeah. today. You've heard somebody from my side. We'll take the fight like that. If he sent the contract over tonight, it'd be signed and delivered and straight back to him. Because all I see for that fight is it's easy money against an idiot, a YouTuber. He makes YouTube videos for a living. He doesn't. He's never been in his face in his in his entire life. He's never. He doesn't know what it's like to take a shot at him. I'd put my mother in with Ben Askren. How's that? I mean, mother would chin him. Because Ben Askren <laughs> isn't... He's no good. He's useless. He's a wrestler. And fair play to him. Yeah, he's done what he's done to UFC. But UFC is not boxing. And at the end of the day, if you're going to fight an MMA fight, you might as well fight a chef out of the kitchen because they can't fight. They can't stand up. And is Jake Paul's got to that stage now. You know, after three fights, nobody wants to see him fight these UFC guys who can't fight. Nobody wants to see him fight non-boxers. And, you know... And that's just the way it is. So who's he going to fight? Me. Between us, we've got 20 million, 20 million people covering that fight. So there's no other big, bigger fight out there from all these people. It's called out like Tyrone Woodley's and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, they're big in their own right. But in terms of following, which this whole thing is based off, because if he didn't have a following, he wouldn't be in boxing. It's just as simple as that. So if we're going off following, I've got the biggest following that anybody is calling out. So, and it's over in the UK. So it would be, a, of course, it would be a block fight. It'd be a huge fight for me and for him. And it's a chance for him to prove himself as a boxer. And if let's have it right, he's got no pressure on him. I'm the boxer. I'm the professional man who's been doing it all my life. I've got tons of pressure on me. He's just a YouTuber. And if he beats me, oh, congratulations. And then he gets took seriously. But if he loses, oh, what? He lost to a professional boxer. And what? So he just needs to grow a pair of balls, like I've always said. 
stop lounging about and get the details sent over and it can be done in a heartbeat. Well, as you say, Tommy, um, uh, Frank Warren's told IFL TV tonight, we'll make the fight. It's really easy. Uh, Paul takes 50%. Tommy takes 50%. Let's get it done. I think it's a a win-win payday for you. Um, What I want to ask, how frustrating is it having read that you want to go and get into camp with Tyson in Las Vegas, that it's very hard to travel at the moment. Yeah, of course. You know, that was um, that was a thing What you know, it was a hard blow to take because obviously I, I, we was talking about it for ages and, you know, we, I had everything sorted from this side. So obviously when I got all the paperwork and he said, right, you know, you, you, you're fine to go over. Obviously the hope started building, you know, we were talking about, you know, how it was going to go, things out there, great sparring. And just great overall experience for me. And obviously not getting the opportunity to go right now. Obviously, it was a bit of bit pill to swallow, but there's nothing we can do. We have to swallow it and move on. Um, and I intend to go out to the um, US when I can. You know, in May time, I think middle of May or June, yeah. I think you're allowed to freely then. So, you know, I'm just going to sit back, wait. You know, it doesn't make a difference to me. I'll still train the same, whether I'm in Las Vegas. Or, you know, England, it doesn't matter to me. You know, it is what it is. Training is training. But when I can get over there, I'll get over there and I'll get my experience, no doubt about that. Tommy, have you had a, had a chat with Frank recently about dates? Um, I think the last time you were on the show, we were speaking about activity and wanting to be out more regularly. What's the situation at the moment, mate? You know, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready whenever. You know, I'm starting full camp on Monday. Um, I'm going to lock myself away for six weeks or whatever. And then after that, I intend to get out. So, you know, June, June will be perfect for me. Um but as I say, phone rung tomorrow to take a fight, it's not a problem because it's somewhat that we've done all our lives and having a fight for me, it's, it's like drinking a cup of tea. You know, I love to do it. So when it gets offered to me, I'm going to take it. But that's why I keep myself in good shape all year round for them calls. So, you know, I'm going to start, you know, proper camp on Monday, sparring and whatnot. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can get a date in the summer. Um, a very interesting interview I had, um, I've written in the paper tomorrow in the Sunday Telegraph, Tommy, with with Joseph Parker's obviously training with Andy Lee now up in Manchester. And, you know, I'm not sure if you were there on the night where they all did the hacker after he fought uh, Huey Fury. Were you there doing the terrible hacker or not that night in, in Parker's room? You're probably too I know, young. I was there, but I wasn't doing no hacker. Um, it terrifies me, to be fair. I don't want to because the funny thing is, I the Joseph Parker, and he was saying, "Oh man, I pulled out halfway through the hacker because they were just so crap at it. It was unbelievable." <laughs> uh, but but the funny thing was, the funny thing was that the interesting thing about the conversation I had with him was that, and I spoke about this earlier in the show, he's he he loves the Fury family because he feels that obviously he's fought Huey. Um, he's been around Tyson a lot in training camp in Las Vegas, where he was with Kevin Barry. But he says, as a Samoan from Oceania, and understanding the tribalism of all the tribes out there, the different hackers, the Samoans, the Fijians, the Maoris, he said, I feel the same with the travellers. It's like a tribe, and there's a brotherhood and an understanding between him and them. Have that, has that come across to you with Joseph and the Fury family as well? Yeah, honestly, if I can say one thing, Joseph Parker is probably the nicest lad you'll ever wish to meet. Mm. He's, he's he's respectful, you know. He's uh, he's just an all around top guy, you know. He's he's great to be around. He's he's you know he's motivational. He just is what he is. A really nice lad, and he's a top man, and he's obviously been a world champion. Um, and I've seen him inspiring, you know, up up and coming to his fight, you know, just around the corner. He's looking great. He's in great shape. I think him and Andy are working very well together, from what I can see. Um, but yeah. Honestly, he's welcome through our door at any time because we love the Parker family. You know, they're unbelievable people, lovely people. And, mm. you know, one day I'll take a trip out to New Zealand and he can show me around. <laughs>
No, absolutely, mate. Um, just finally, Tommy, I just want to quickly talk to you about the importance of building brands and, and and marketing yourself outside of the ring. So obviously, you've got to do the business when you get through the ring and uh, and impresses what once uh, once uh, the uh, the leather flies. But what we're what we're finding a lot more now, and maybe this is the influence of the YouTube guys. I don't know that we're finding a lot of younger fighters starting to understand social media platforms, YouTube channels, and various things like that, and starting to build their own brand. As as a guy that is absolutely all over this. How important have you found that aspect of your career in order to propel yourself in, in, in the professional aspect of boxing? You know, boxing, it's not like it was back in the, you know, 1900s, 1950s. Boxing now is an entertainment business. And what do promoters want? They want ticket sales. They want pay-per-view numbers. And how are you going to do that if nobody's heard of you? And that's just, you know, what it comes down to. You have got to spend as much time, you know, get yourself out there as you do in the gym because it goes hand in hand. If you're working hard in the gym and you're, and you're, and you're, and you're doing everything right, you're smashing through training, sparring, whatever you're doing, but nobody knows you, how are you going to create ticket sales? You're not. You're not You're not going to do it. You need to get yourself out there. But if you're smashing training, you smash your ticket sales, a start, it's rising as long as you can back up in the ring, obviously. But, the, the, you know, like I found out, you know, early on, you need to be different. You know, there's thousands of boxers in this world, millions of boxers in the world, but, who do you actually talk about and remember? It's the ones who had a little bit of something different. The one who can, you know, say a bit more on TV. The one who's a bit more charismatic. The one who's got his own stamp on things. And that's what I did. You know, I, I've, I don't, there's no, there's never been anyone who's crossed over like me before. I've done the reality TV, you know, for a few months, whatever. And I've crossed back into boxing. I've made myself different. You know, I can talk, I can, I can say it myself. You know, I sell myself, um, and that's just a promoter's dream. So I think oh, every young fighter coming through, they really need to, take a look at how they can market themselves because if their market marketability if that's how you say it, is higher then the promoters are going to want it want them more and that's just how it, it's just how it is life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if ai could fold your laundry and some well less awesome like what if you have unexpected medical costs United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Now this weekend coming, you've got Derek Chisora taking on Josie Parker in Manchester. As part of that undercard, there's a world title fight. Dimitri Bivol's in action, and he's taking on the British champion, Craig Richards. What a wonderful opportunity it is for Craig to get his hands on a world title. It's a big task. He's fully aware of that, and he came to join us on Saturday night to discuss. Oh, it was amazing, really, because um, it goes down in history. And before you move on to the sport, you never want to look back on the sport and not be the champion of your own country. So being a British champion, getting the prestige belt, it meant a lot. And from that moment now, did you expect to be fighting for a world title fight as as quickly? Because that happened at the back end of last year. Um, and now, fast forward four months, there's a world title on the line for the next fight. Yeah, do you know, it's amazing, you know, like uh, Pete's done me a, um, Peter Sims, my manager's done me a good job, um, done a good job getting me in this position. Um, I knew at some point I would be fighting for a world title, but this soon, um, I didn't. And I'm just really pleased and happy that this has happened, really. Mm. Are you, Craig Iscareth here, um, um, it, it, it is a massive opportunity but there's a kind of mystique around this guy, Dimitri Bivol, at the moment, isn't it? You've got similar records. Obviously, you know, he's got victories over the likes of Joe Smith Jr. and Sullivan Barrera and others. Um, which, And you'll have studied him very closely. He's, he's very heavy-handed. He's a dangerous foe. What made you... I think a lot of people, I don't necessarily believe this, but a lot of people say, oh, Craig's taken, you know, a very early stab here at a world title. When, when Adam and I spoke about it... A couple of weeks ago on the show, when it was announced, you you are at the end of the day ranked at five, seven, and I think uh, twelve with BA, the BF, and the BO. Um, did you feel it was the right time, um, or is it just here's an opportunity? I am taking it with both hands, and you're thirty years old, so you feel like in you've got your man strength already as a fighter. Yeah, it was definitely the right time. It wasn't a situation where I was pushed into this um, corner. It's um, when we spoke to Eddie after the British title fight, he asked me what you wanted to do. And um, he asked Peter and myself, and we said we wanted to meet your Bivol. He first actually responded saying, oh, call blind me um, to Peter. <laughs> <laughs> um, then he went off, had a speak with Bivol's team. They was interested in the fight, and we made it happen from there. Um, it was something we wanted and we felt we was ready for. Like we was, we've been world ranked for like two years now, top 15, yeah. top 10 yeah. for two years. And we've been looking at all these champions ever since I've been in the rankings. Um, mm. Originally, before the Pitters fight, there was an opportunity to push on to fight for, I think, for an interim title. And that's the fight we was going to, we, we considered um, to take. And after we had beat him, which I think Pitters was more of an awkward opponent, but once we had beat him, the next step would have been for the world title. So it would have been one more in that fight. But for myself and Peter, we, we kind of wanted to make sure, because I wanted to crown myself as the champion of Britain first. I wanted that prestige Lonsdale belt before moving on to world honours. So we decided not to go to that route and come back, take the British title against an unbeaten who's been shining, winning titles, um, go out and win. So then we're now in the same position. We took that one more fight before the fight we was looking at next regardless you know i know people say oh but he just won the british title but if you look at 
in history and you look at my resume, yeah. um, like most fighters, they fight a good domestic title um, fight against someone um, in the domestic rankings, top 10. And once they win that, they push on, maybe international, maybe European, and they fight for the world. For myself, seven fights in, I've beaten a guy on a good domestic fight, 12 and 0, six knockouts. I pushed on, beat another guy, top 10, 12 and 1. Um, then I beat a guy 10 and 0, another domestic guy. Then I beat a guy 14 and 0, another top mm. 10 domestic guy. So I've been mm. getting my experience at high level, beating these champions in Britain, top 10s, for a couple few years now. So I've more than got enough experience. There's no more I can really get at this level. I've, 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 I've basically taken all the experience domestically and I'm ready to push on. And we're looking at my progress in the gym um, and I'm ready, I'm there. And also Peter was also saying, if I boxed the guy who's supposedly the British champion at the time, who was crowned the champion and I won on a split decision, one eye closed, crawling out the ring with a belt, it'll be like, well, yeah, you're kind of there and maybe European level, but I've won the British title against the champion without a scratch, not a mark, not even having to go through the gears, dropping him and KOing him within nine rounds quite comfortably. So it showed us past that level by quite a bit. We are. We have got Adam tonight on our show. Our guests are just buzzing and I'm yeah. feeling it tonight. Yeah. You know, I tell you what, this, this guy... The spider, as he's known. Watch him next weekend. I have a funny feeling about you next weekend, my friends. I also... Oh, I I, well, I also... You know, we've known you a while. I mean, look, the thing is this. Bringing... Normally, it's this kind of situation. You might have gone over to the States, where he spent a lot of his career. Obviously, he's Kyrgyzstani originally. But you've got him coming to Manchester. All yeah. your waters are right here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're comfortable over here. You, yeah. I mean, it will be seen as an upset, but I have a feeling about you next Saturday now after speaking to you because you are I just like on that. fire. I love that. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I feel very confident. I've, I've not left any stones unturned. We've worked very hard, diligently. Um, Pete's watched over me all week, every week. We've been training hard. Our stable's been firing we've been pushing each other and i i just feel i'm ready i just feel it's that time where i'm just ready to go out and put it on the line and show that that's where i'm supposed to be i think you've just given a really fair assessment as well uh, of, yeah. of your career there uh, yeah. Greg. i really do because i i genuinely think that the lonsdale belt effort maybe came later than it should have done it should have come earlier for you but it, you know it is what it is and, you, and it came in your last fight and you most certainly did take care of your competitors uh in in clinical fashion and we find ourselves obviously now next weekend on a fantastic card taking on dimitri bivol um it's a bit of a daft question me asking you what does he do well because he does a lot of things well and i'm sure you're fully aware of that um but is it important from your point of view that you impose yourself on him as early as you possibly can just to let him know that he's in a proper fight next weekend yeah, of course. I'm not coming here to be shy and be there to be a, a, a partner to dance around with. I'm coming to dominate that ring. I'm coming to let him know that I'm, I'm here, I've arrived, and I should be champion. So mm. you won't see me there just there trying to get through rounds and stuff. I'm here to dominate, win rounds, and impose myself on him. And I'll do that in different ways. I'll take away certain things he does well, and I'll impose the things I do well. Craig, and listen. you know you've got heavy hands as well. That's the point. That's it. Because yeah. we saw it with Callum Johnson tonight um, against um, his opponent. That he 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 got caught, but he trusted his own hands. And we know you can trust your hands. So I um, can't wait to see this fight. 
and I will be there on Saturday Night Live. Cannot wait, Craig. Thank you. And I just believe that, like, a lot of fighters in light heavyweight who has got solid hands, a lot of them will rely just on their power. I can box. I've got a good jab. I can move. I've got good movement defense. It's not just power I rely on, which I have got that one-punch knockout power, but it's not solely what I rely on. I can also box, and there's a lot of things I do well. Bivol, he can move his feet very well, and he can box as well. And I feel like a lot of the guys that he's beaten can't do that as well as him, but I believe I can. Whilst we're talking about light heavyweights, at the weekend just gone, one that's been out of the ring for 777 days got back in action and gave us a bit of a firefight. Two rounds it took Callum Johnson to get his career back on track. And straight after that, he was talking to us. Yeah, I just got out of the shower, just got myself freshened up. <laughs> lovely, lovely. Listen, I could tell that uh, you um, you were looking forward to getting yourself back in there tonight, mate. You've been out for such a long, long period of time. Talk to me about what the feelings were like, um, because you weren't for messing about. You went straight in there and showed us the old uh, Callum Johnson. Yeah, it was... Um... Like you say, I, I should have been maybe a little bit more cuter and just took my time a little bit more. You know, I got a little bit reckless and I did get caught in that first round. But, you know, the, you know, being out for so long, you know, having a lot of pressure, wanting to impress on BT and impress, like, coming back out. And I, I was saying all along I was going to come back and I, I was going to I was gonna take take him out. And, and, and that's what I did. And, you know, I maybe should have done it just a little bit cuter. But, you know, what what can you say? I got the job done. Mate, this is the entertainment business. I ain't here for cuteness. I'm here for pure rock'em, sock'em robots. That's what I'm here for. And I know that Joe will probably have a word with you about that. Um, but it didn't half make for an entertaining, what were it, about five minutes that you were in there for? An entertaining first round. Um, and then once you get somebody hurt, they're in a lot of trouble. Because them hands that you've got, mate, they are extremely heavy. And it, 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 it was done there and then. Um, and now, obviously, that beggars uh, the question as, as to what is next. Because... When you've been out the ring for such a long period of time, I'm sure the the first thought is activity. You're going to want to go again, and you want to go again quickly, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Frank said to me after, it's looking like that. Hopefully, I'll get out again in June. Um, so you know, I'm, I mean, I'm back in the gym on Monday, um, staying ready, and hopefully, get out again very, very soon. So you know, I'm just uh, like you say, I'm, I'm not thinking too much about who, where, and when. But like I say, Frank said June and. Uh, you know, so I'm just going to keep myself on it, uh, not 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 like enjoy the win too much because mm-hmm. you know I've still got I've still got bigger fish to fry yet. Mm. Um, Callum, let me first congratulate you on a, on another thrilling performance tonight, and uh, you know um, that old adage about no overtime, you don't get paid for overtime in boxing. If I might be slightly indulgent with you, you're a man that holds your heart on your sleeve. I was very touched uh, going into it this week to see that amazing tweet from you where you were there at your father Paul's uh, graveside earlier in the week. And, and when I watched you tonight and you took that counter in the first round and your, and your knees buckled, I just felt your dad pick you up, you know? And, um, wow, I, I felt some emotion because, you know, you and I have sat there and you've, how much you love your father and how much you made a promise that you're going to come back and win a world title. Um, wow, you've got some cojones! I tell you that it was it was an incredible performance. Um, did you did you feel dad with you when when that um, moment came in that round? I, I, I don't. If I'm if I'm totally honest, I never actually thought about my dad at, at that moment. But you know, I feel my dad with me all the time. He's always he's always with me. He's always on my mind and he's always in my thoughts. But you know, all I was thinking at that moment was Jesus. 
what are you doing? Sort yourself out. <laughs> you know I mean? I, I, like, it's weird because I knew I knew he'd caught me and I knew my legs buckled and uh, but I was I felt clear minded though the whole yeah. time. I knew, it was, you know, what I mean, it wasn't like I didn't know what was going on or I felt actually felt okay in a strange kind of way. Do you know what I mean? And um, yeah, but I like you say I, I I had it in my head before the fight I was going to take him out and yeah I know I should have done it maybe a little bit you know, more sensible and just a little bit cute. But like, as Adam said, it's the entertainment business and people like being entertained. And I do get a kick and a buzz out of entertaining people. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, but you also, but Callum, you've, you've also, the one equaliser that people like yourself have um, at, when you go into world level, you know you can knock anyone out. That's the point, that mm. you know you can win a world title with either hand because you have freakish power in both hands and I think you know we had Craig Richards on the show um just before you were on when you were scrubbing down and um and like he's feeling the same against Dimitri Bivol uh next week and 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 feeling that buzz about I'm ready it's my time I'd love to see you two fighting over a world title as well you and Craig Richards you've never met have you you know and that would be a terrific fight as well like you say, I mean, he's got his own business, so I wish him all the best. And if he could, if he could bring that tart back to Britain, that's great for for him, for Britain, and for the fighters in Britain. Um, but like you say, obviously, my my pops down to Frank and uh, Joe to sort out, obviously. And obviously, it's a WBO. I've just won that WBO title there, so obviously, yeah. it's a WBO path. Um, but again, I mean, as talking about Craig Richards, you know, I, I just wish him all the best in his quest next week. How um. How frustrating has these last 777 days been, mate? <laughs> well, you can imagine, can't you? Mm. Um, they've been, they've been, they've been bad. They've been some dark times, but you know, I've always stayed positive, and I've always like, I've always been in the gym. I've always kept myself healthy. I've always been positive. But I have to admit, there has been times, you know, when I've been, I've nearly been in tears to my missus at home. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like saying, what, what's happening? What's it all about? Why, why is this happening to me? You know. I'm not like what 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 have I done wrong? How come? What how have I found myself in this position? Um, but you know, I've I've always kept I've always kept despite that I've always kept that positive. You know, in the back of my mind, I always knew that something would come, and I would never ever give up because you know, there's no there's no quitting me. Um, you know, I've been through I've been through the worst thing I could ever go through, and I got through it. So nothing, I just feel like nothing else can beat me. Um, and like you say, and it does, it does help me. That that added motivation does help me when I know, obviously, I've, I've still got mine and my dad's journey to to finish and to continue. You know, because if if maybe if I'd never like my dad wasn't so involved with me and my boxing and just me in general as as, as in life, and my dad hadn't died or or whatever. Maybe if the two years I'd have had, I might have walked away from the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just that it's just that in a in a desire, that burning desire that you know. I just look up to the sky and I just think I've, I, I've got. I'm still here and I'm still doing it, and I'll do it until I can't do it anymore. Lovely. It's inspiring. It is inspiring. It have is. you uh, have you managed to um, uh, message Joe Smith Junior? Because let's be honest, as a fight fan, that's the fan. That's the fight, mate. Isn't it? That's the fight. We all want that fight, Joe Smith Junior. Uh, and yourself? <laughs> yeah, I mean that—that's the fight that I want. Um, that's the fight that we're going to be chasing. I think, like you say, it's a fan's dream fight. Oh, come do, on, it's a belter. I do believe. I do believe that's never going to go the distance. Um, 
you know, <laughs> we, we both can punch. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's one that, maybe not one that you'd like to be involved in too much, but <laughs> it, it's, it does excite me. It does excite me. And like you say, he's a world champion. I'd love, I'd love to get a chance to try and take his belt off him. Now, the man that decides what Callum Johnson will be doing next is the one and only Hall of Famer himself, Mr. Frank Warren. He put that show on at the weekend and he joined us straight after the show to discuss. I was just having my cocoa about to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, Frank, myself and Gareth have been on uh, the radio this evening for the majority of, obviously, the show that was uh, yeah. on BT Sport. Uh, but we had a, I had the, the screen on in the background. And once again, right, you're putting on these British... All British and obviously tonight British and, and, and Commonwealth title fights, and they're delivering time and time and time again. Denzel Bentley, Felix Cash. I know it only lasted three rounds, but what a fight that was! Well, it was, uh, first of all, good evening, Adam and and Gareth. Yeah, it was. A, it was. It was a very exciting fight. <clears throat> it was sort of. I thought that uh, Felix won the first round. I thought Denzel won the second, and it was get turning into something a little. I thought it was going to be a little bit special, and suddenly. Um, Denzel caught him with a good shot, and, and Felix came back with I think it was three three fantastic punches and mm. ended it emphatically. It was it was very very exciting and uh, great for the viewers. No, absolutely, and and to be encouraged more of I think you know I know that obviously Denzel. Uh, lost this evening, and I hope he's all right. I'm sure you've spoken to him. I'm sure he'll, he'll, he'll come again. There's no doubt about it. But that, things like that need to be encouraged more. Where lads at this stage of their career take a bit of a risk, give the fans what they want, and then we can buy into their narratives. We've done it in the past. We're looking forward now to see Dubois come back, and we'll be exactly the same with Denzel Bentley. I'm sure he will come back. You know, he's a, he's a lovely fella, and uh, he's, 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 when you think he's come from nowhere in the last year, he's had three fights during the. Uh, COVID in the COVID um, sort of pandemic, and and won them and uh, sort of established himself. But um, wasn't his night tonight. He can come back again, and I'm quite sure Felix can go on and do some big things. And one of the thing, one of the one of the interesting things is that when Liam uh, Williams vacated uh, the British title, it was on the understanding that he would be preferential challenger. Ah. So as soon as the border control make, put the mandatory out for, to, for Felix, and that's who he'll have to face. So that's another cracking fight oh. for everybody to say. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the, well, another guy on the card tonight, and a brilliant signing for you, Callum Johnson. Fantastic oh. man that he is. Um, heart on his sleeve the whole time. He really went at it in that first round, got caught by a counter, his legs buckled. Well, but he did. He was relentless, wasn't he, against his <laughs> opponent, with a brilliant uh, second round stoppage. I'd say that the first round must be round of the year. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I, mean, they, they, I mean, they were relentless. And, and the opponent, the Croatian guy, was, I mean, he, he had a good 32 and 2 is record. Yeah, yeah and knock, I think about 24 knockouts or something on his record. But, mm. it, it, I mean, it was, just a, it was just a shootout. And that's what it was. And he clipped Callum and caught him a very good shot. And he'd done well, to, you know, well himself to come back. But he's been out of the ring for 20, 25 months. And uh, obviously, I'm sure he's pleased to get the rust out of his system. He signed when he first turned pro he was with me, and he's back with me now. And we're going to do our best to um, get him a shot at the world title. Is that, is that a Joe Smith fight for you? I'd love to do that. I've been talking yeah. to Bob Arum about it. Um, he said Joe will be out again sometime in, in late autumn. So hopefully, uh, we can get him in the position where he's, you know, where he's in the, the opposite corner to him. Um, you're not messing about with your fighters because um, even on paper coming into the fight, I knew that it was a tough one for David Adelaide this evening. He had his hand raised, but 
But I tell you something, it was a close one. It was a it was a top top competitive fight. Well, it was. But first of all, you got to put it in perspective, Adam. You know, he's he's, he's only had five fights. He's yeah. A novice, and there's all this talk. You know, people saying was it about fighting Nathan Gorman and fighting for titles, which I was sort of you know I wasn't you know no way I was going to stand for that. And you know, we I, I wanted to sort of emphasise more more importantly to David, you know. That, that he needs, he needs obviously more experience. So we brought in a guy who's, I think he's had about 34 fights. He's he's, he's, a, he's a, you know, he's a veteran. He knows the business backwards. He's been in camp with Joseph Parker, helping him to prepare for his title fight. And uh, it was a good, it was a, it was a good opponent for him. He knew, you know, the last round he caught him a great shot, and wobbled him. Having mm. said that, there were a lot of things there that he, and I've spoken with him this evening. Um, there are a lot of things that obviously he needs now to go and address as being the novice that he is. That his jab wasn't as good as it could have been. His head movement was as good as wasn't as good as it could have been. Mm-hmm. And um, and and um, and dropping his hands, you know, mm-hmm. from where his hands were and the way he was throwing his jab, he's lifted it up rather than having his hands on and throwing it in a, in a straight shot. Mm-hmm. So I was I was you know I'm pleased in some ways that you know that he got himself into a, a fight like that because obviously he's got a lot to learn from it. It's probably better him having that fight at the stage of his career than probably knocking yeah. over three or four guys and then not, not having the experience moving forward that he needs. And, and that is an experienced fight, fought, fight for him. You know, rounds in the bank and to see what he needs to do and what he needs to improve on to get himself into a position to be ready to fight a Nathan Gorman in the future. Yeah, uh, Frank, um, obviously you're one of the main men involved in the big one, the big fight, Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. It looks like we're very close. It'd be remiss of Adam and I not to ask you, are we literally waiting for the final contracts now and are we going ahead in what we believe is Jeddah, Saudi, sometime late August, late July and into August? Uh, every, t- every day I'm being told it's... <laughs> It's like it's in the post. It's not arrived, and that's where we are. And I'm sort of, to be honest, until it's here, I don't, I, I don't you know, I believe it when I see it now, because, you know, we're being told it'll be here. And, uh, and you know, Tyson's, I know Tyson's had enough um, of hanging around, and he wants to fight in June, July. And that's what, what will happen if this thing doesn't get resolved very quickly. We all want the fight. We'll be working, moving here and there to get it over the line. Um, but at the moment, um, the offer hasn't come through, and maybe maybe the two guys have got to look at look at the look at um, the, you know if it, if their offer doesn't come through to so look at uh, how we make this fight um, viable, and that may you know that everyone's expectation levels maybe have to maybe have to reassess. The, guy, the guys, that, I don't know if you've seen this, uh, Frank, but the guys on ESPN this evening, and I know that um, Gareth's aware of this as well, yeah. uh, Mark, Mark Kriegel was talking about a site fee of $150 million, which seems astronomical when you compare it to the An- Andy Ruiz site fee, for example, in the Middle East for, uh, for Anthony Joshua. $150 million. Is there any truth in that? Well, first of all, you know, it's, it's a far better fight than Andy. Anthony of course, Ruiz. of course, yes, right. of course. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and secondly, you know, <laughs> until I see it, it's not there. Mm. Until, mm. until until something signed confirming you know whatever the number's going to be, it's, it's it's not there. I mean, you know, talk all day long, it's not there. And there is you know, 
there's all these the fight was going to happen is as I was you know everyone was saying or not what I was saying that it was coming from the other side that's going to take place in in June and then it's July it's it's not going to take place in June or July that's not happening and we need you know the only way we can really be realistic about this and saying it's happening is to get actually get a binding agreement and that's what we want a binding agreement Okay, we'll look forward to that announcement. One thing that definitely is happening, Friday night, you've got another world title on. Sonny Edwards in action against Maruti yeah. Mithilani. What yeah. a fight that is. It is, and it's a tough fight for Sonny. But, you know, he's, he's got the tools to, 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 I think, to, you know, to, to win the fight. It's, you know, we've done our best to get it over here. But, you know, the, Afri- the South African is, is a quality operator. He has wins over um, Zalani Tetti, who, who the British yeah. public will know, who, who knocked out... Um, or stops, I should say, Paul Butler, mm-hmm. and fought over here quite a few times. Um, he's a t- he's a tough cookie. He's probably the he's probably the best at that weight, mm-hmm. um, at, you know, at, at the weight. And uh, as I say, Sonny Sonny has, has you know have it all to do, but he does have the tools to do it. He's got tremendous self belief, and uh, I hope next week he pulls it off because it'd be brilliant if he does it. So there you have it. When we get some news on Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua, you'll get it here on Talk Sports. Um, we spoke briefly about the Triller card from last weekend earlier on in the show. There was actually a proper boxing fight uh, on that card involving former world champion Regis Progress. He was in a casino at the weekend. Didn't stop us from calling him, though, did it? No, nope. we got him on to have a bit of a chinwag. For me, I knew I was gonna beat him. It wasn't a question about me beating him. You know, I, I spoiled with him and did it. You know, we had gym sessions and all that stuff, so I knew what type of fight he was. I was definitely gonna beat him, but I wanted that knockout. Something I wanted, I really wanted that knockout. And when he pulled that off, I was I was just really upset about it. Mm. Um, so you know, I went in the back, and you know, first they take us to the doctor, and of course they check you and stuff. And then you know, I, I did the media stuff, um, and then after that, once I, I picked my checkup, and I was telling the person that gave me the check, I was like, man. Make sure y'all get that right. Make sure that's a knockout on my record. And, um, you know, I think they waited until, like, Sunday or Monday, but they got it right. So I'm, I'm happy about that. You know, and I had uh, another reason. I had a lot of people bet on me. You know, they was betting that it wasn't. It was going to be in the sixth round. It was going to be – it wasn't going to seven rounds. It was, was going to be six or less. And a lot of people bet that. All my neighbors and stuff, they was betting. So I was like, you know, give me my knockout. I have to get my knockout. So, you know, that's why I pushed for it, too. <laughs> a lot of people riding, obviously, uh, making a few pounds and dollars off, uh, off right. the back of a great performance. Listen, it was a great performance. You got the job done. I want to talk about your experience of fighting on the Triller platform because this uh, fight obviously took place on the same card as uh, uh, the Ben Askren and Jake Paul uh, situation. You were on there. Very different setup. Snoop Dogg commentating. It's more of an entertainment platform. You're a serious fighter, former world champion with, no, with world champion aspirations once again. Talk to me about the experience last week. What was it like, mate? How different was it? It was it was way different, you know. It was it was like a party move, you know. Like that's the thing. It was kind of it was like it was like a big party, you know. And for me, I'm I'm serious. This is my job, so it wasn't everybody else. Most of the other fighters on the card, they wasn't serious about it, you know. They was it, it just was like a vacation to them. There was party move, you know. And for me, even like Ivan, I can't say he was or he, I can't say he wasn't, but it was he was kind of like loose. But I, I I mean I never been I never been to a fight with Ivan before, so I can't I don't know how. He was, you know, previous to that. But everybody was just walking around. and just walking around Atlanta. And I was like the only – I felt like I was the only serious one. Like, I was – I stayed in my room. That's kind of – you know, when I when I fight, I'm serious. So, I just was like – I stayed in my room almost the whole time until 
except when I had to go, you know, do media obligations. We had to do pictures and videos and all that type of stuff. But for the most part, I stayed in my room the whole time, um, you know, and just focused on the fight the, the whole week I was there. And it just, the whole atmosphere just felt like more of a, it was just, it, it felt like more of a, a party. It, that's that's kind of the, the atmosphere I got from it. Do you, do you think, good evening, Regis. Um, do, do, do you think that the... the, the that the whole promotion came in for undue criticism afterwards and people saying that boxing is is spilling the wrong way. Obviously, Tio Lopez is going over there shortly. Um, you know, um, um, you know, people like Mike Tyson is fighting again, Kevin McBride. Do you think we have to be careful on the margins here that we're not going, we're not, we're not hybriding too much with with sports entertainment and music, or do you think that this is just a few one-off events and they will eventually draw it back into being more of a purist boxing view? Yeah, I think I think it's just temporary. You know, I don't I don't think it's gonna be like that forever. It's just it's just something right now. It's just something different. You know, and I think every every now and then, you know, boxing would do that. They would throw in something different, and and you know, that's just kind of what it's doing right now. But it, as far as if if you want to put, you know, some of the, the the big the big real big fighters on that like as, on a consistent basis, now nah, it will it would definitely have to be more serious. Um, it, I think, but that. I think they kind of right now they kind of testing the waters and you know that, yeah. that's kind of what they're doing testing Completely. and playing around and see what's going to work and see what's not going to work. I think that's what they're doing right now. But if they want to, you know, be if, if they want to really be serious in boxing, if if, if truly wants to be serious in boxing, then yeah, it'll it'll have to definitely crack down a little more and you know just do something different. But right now, I think they're just testing the water. Yeah, well said. Um, well, talking about serious fights and serious boxers like yourself, um, I know that Ben Davison, the trainer, and your former foe, um, Josh Taylor, headed to Las Vegas for the unification, uh, the undisputed super lightweight title against Jose Ramirez um, uh, later in May. Um, how do you see that fight? And presumably, you're gunning to try and fight for the undisputed title and get back in with those guys. How do you see that fight going? Um, I, I still think Josh Taylor should be able to win that fight. Um, just skill-wise alone, I think he should be able to win that fight. Just, I think he has better skills than Ramirez, but at the same time, you know, it's still a, it's still a, it's still a really good fight. Um, and it, I think it can, it can kind of go either way, but I think skill-wise, I would leave it to Josh Taylor because Ramirez, he's been out boxed already. He's been, he's been out. He has trouble with southpaws, and he's been out boxed by Zapata. And he's been outboxed by Post Stone, you know. And mm. both of those decisions were, you know, both those decisions were kind of iffy. You know, uh, some people say Zapata really won that fight. Some people say Post Stone won that fight, you know. And um, so I think I still lean more towards Josh Taylor. But it's just, it's such a big fight for both of them. You know, whoever wins that fight will be, it's history for both of them. You know, for Josh Taylor, he'll be the first person from Scotland ever to have four belts. And Ramirez, he'll be the first Mexican ever to have four belts. So both yeah. of them. Both of them are fight for history. Um, so I think it'll be who really, really wants it more. Um, but I, as far as skill-wise, if I had to pick off the top of my head, I'll, 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 I'll go with Josh Taylor. Listen, Mr. Rougarou, we absolutely fell for you when you, uh, when you came to uh, England, my friend. So we're all keeping an eye out for your career as well and what you're getting up to. What is the next thing? Because we've obviously seen your name linked um, previously with Maurice Hooker and that didn't necessarily materialise because of the arguments over weight and stuff. I've seen it linked this week with Adrian Broner. I know that you, you, you'll, you will have eyes on obviously the winner of Taylor and Ramirez, but what, do you, what are you going to do next? Who's next? 
And when is it going to happen? I, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think really, honestly, I think something huge is going to come up for me right now. You know, I can fight at, for me, I can fight at either 40 or 47. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely, I definitely do want to fight with, you know, um, the winner of Taylor and Ramirez. I think me and Josh Taylor are going to fight. If he lose, even if he loses that fight, I think me and him will have to fight eventually anyway because the fight was just too close and everybody wants to see a part two of that fight with me and Josh Taylor. But even if, like I said, even if he loses, I think me and him will fight again. Um, but I would like the winner of, you know, the Ramirez and Josh Taylor. But at the same time, I actually think something bigger is on the horizon for me. Even, you know, they're fighting for, you know, I think both of them, they're fighting for history and they're fighting for all the belts. But I really, for me right now, I think something even bigger is on the horizon. I mean, maybe an Adrian Brown fight. Everybody been linking me and Adrian Brown together Great for a long time. And, yeah, and I think that I think that, that is probably, I, I'm, I'm optimistic that that's probably the next fight that, that's going to happen. I'm talking about, like, the next fight. And, of course, nothing is being said yet, but I just think that that's the next fight. Triller is throwing around too much money. And Adrian Brown expressed that he wants to fight on Triller. You know, I already they fought on Triller, and you know, I I, I don't think Adrian Broner. Everybody say he ducks and stuff. Adrian Broner doesn't duck anybody. He'll fight anybody, but he wants his money. And Triller is the, you know, I mean, y'all seeing Triller is the Triller's throwing big money around right now. So I mm. think, and it, I think, and I think it's a perfect fight on Triller. Me and Adrian Broner, I think that's a, a huge fight that can that can be made on Triller. So I'm optimistic that me and Adrian Broner, you know, should possibly be next. Um, but we'll see. I don't have I don't have I don't have nobody yet, but um, I think something real big is going to be next for me. I'm in. Well, I'm Ru- in. Ru- I'm in. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Ru, the, the the thing is, Adrian Broner is safest in the gym and in the ring, and that's where he keeps his life on track. But back to some serious stuff tonight, finally. What's going down in the casino, and are you up on the tables? <laughs> what are you playing? Listen. I don't gamble. My wife is oh, okay. here. My wife is uh, my wife is the, the gambler. She's always talk winning. us through it. Then I, I talk really, us through her gambling. Yeah. So she she plays the tables and she plays well. She plays the the dice game and she plays blackjack. Okay. So you know she she already started. She plays, but the reason why we here, I, I just drove to Lake Charles. I'm in I'm in Texas, so I drove to Lake Charles about a two and a half hour drive away. It's my sister's birthday tomorrow, so Excellent. I just came. I treated my whole family. I brought everybody out here uh, for her birthday. And, you know, I'm going to give them some money to play with. And, um, you know, that's why. That's why we out You've got the skills to pay the bills, brother. You've got the skills to pay the bills. I mean, I'm, I'm in a blessed position. I can take my whole family. And, you know, Lovely. we all, they all, the kids, all that, my friends, we all out the Lovely. pool and have a good time. And, um, but, yeah, my, I'm not a gambler at all. I don't gamble. I don't even get, I don't even bet on my own fight. And I know I'm going to win the fight, but I don't even bet on my own fight. You, like, yeah, yeah, you just keep wrestling with crocodiles and fighting sharks and all that kind of stuff that's, instead, that's, yeah? That's my, that's my type of betting. But no, nah, I, don't, I don't do the betting. I don't do the sports betting. Regis, before I let you go, um, has, your, uh, has your son uh, come down from cloud nine as of yet? Because I know that he met Justin Bieber last week. Oh yeah, man. He he. You know what? The first thing as the first thing for school. You know he goes to online. So the first thing, um, school. They said, you know what you did on the weekend and stuff. He was like, oh, I was I was at the fight in Trilla and I met Justin Bieber and Ben Davis. Um, I think his name Ben Davidson. Uh, with um, Ben. What's the what's the comedian name? I know which one you Pete mean. Davis. Pete, uh, Pete, Pete, Pete Davidson. Davis. I said Ben. Da- Pete Davidson. So he was like, I met Pete Davidson and. Justin Bieber and the Dorillo twins, so he was, like, super happy. Man, I'm just glad that I can do that because, you know, he's going to remember that forever. And now and so it's funny because my daughter wants to walk to the ring with me now. You know, that's because, like, at first, you know, she, she, 
at first, so she came to the she came to the fights and stuff, and you know she all she every time my 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 wife would try to give it to me, she would like cry and stuff like that. She didn't want to be in the ring, and now my son met all these people, and then at this fight. She was like yelling. She was like, hit him in the face, Popeye. Why? She was like, why y'all hugging? Why y'all holding? Why y'all keep hugging and stuff like that? And and there was like, you you heard him. And, you know, they, my, my daughter's really excited. So, you know, I'm going to let her walk to the ring with me now, too, because she was, you know, she was really excited. I got her in the ring. After the fight, I brought both of them in the ring, and my son got to meet the Dorillo twins. And awesome. And it, 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 that's, that's real special for me, man, because it's like, you know, they're going to remember that stuff forever. You know, one day they're going to be like, damn, my daddy was a cool – damn, my daddy was real cool. When, you know, <laughs> daddy was super cool. I got to meet all these famous people. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for that. We've fallen for him big time. What a character Regis Progress is. We'll keep you up to date with uh... – his next booking, and when we can see him next, fingers crossed it is against Adrian Broner, that'll be an absolute cracking fight. Um, now, we finished the show talking about Ryan Garcia. If you're unaware of the news that broke from Ryan himself at the weekend, here it is. He put a post up there saying that he was pulling out of his fight on July the 9th. I just want to read the exact post that he's put on his Instagram. Uh, I know this news may be disappointing to some of my fans, but I'm announcing today that I am withdrawing from my fight on July the 9th. Um, at this time, it is important to manage my health and well-being. I've decided to take some time off to focus on becoming a stronger version of myself. I hope to be back soon, and I'm looking forward to stepping back into the ring when I'm at my healthiest self. I want to thank God, my family, doctors, and my supporters. Uh, now, for a 22-year-old lad to be posting something like that on his social media, I think he's incredibly brave. Um, and he, in, for me, he must be commended for doing so because I've no doubt that uh, there have been many fighters over the years that have, uh, that have made that walk to the ring or to the octagon um, and all the while doing so, been battling mental health problems. Ryan himself, uh, earlier this year, I think on social media, was talking extensively about his battles with anxiety and how... Um, it, some days can be incredibly dark where he just spends the whole day crying uh, and other days uh, it doesn't bother him as much so he's been battling with it for some time from at 22 years of age now to uh, be brave enough to come out and, and, and take stock and take time for himself in the midst of uh, calls for some seriously big fights for him because his, his star has most certainly risen over the last six to, to nine months um, I think he's an incredibly mature thing to do and we mustn't I, I, you go on some social media sites here, Gareth, and you see people having a go at him. He's a fighter. He should be able to fight mm. and all this type of stuff. I think it's ridiculous that people have that attitude. At the end of the day, for him to do that, I think it's got to be commended and maybe encouraged uh, for other fighters to be brave enough to do that. Your health is the most important thing, not our entertainment. So get well before you come and entertain us. Yeah, um, if, if I may, I mean, I think it's been indicative of of this period Um you know, uh, uh, over the, the, the COVID lockdowns where mental health has become a, a, ve a very, very salient subject. And I think, you know, as you say, Ryan Garcia is a 22-year-old, a very modern young man, 8.6 million Instagram followers. And mm. I think there's a there's a certain pressure that comes along with that. You're oh, right. On March the, yeah, and on March the 2nd. And I think he's the generation, you know, where... Um, he's able to express himself very clearly. I mean, I've had a couple of fascinating interviews with him where he said an alter ego takes over him when he fights. He's a normal kid outside fighting. He's a, he's a lovely person. Um, and, he, and, he, and he said, it was March the 2nd, actually, Adam, he said that he struggles every day with anxiety and depression. Yeah. And that anxiety 
takes him to places where he doesn't understand himself sometimes. I think it's a very sensible move. I think he will eventually, rather like Tyson Fury has, become a champion for people with mental health issues, being allowing people to see heroes who they watch, who put themselves through the mill in this extraordinary sport that we cover, mm. um, to be able themselves to come out. This move by Ryan Garcia will help so many people who look at him as a superstar and go, oh my God, he's suffering from the same thing that I suffer from, teenagers in their rooms or people that can't cope with going to work, whatever that may be. So I, I think it's a brilliant move for him and I applaud his honesty like you do. No, absolutely. And, and you're right in what you're saying. We kind of forget it sometimes, don't we, that... Yes, they're fighters. They put the gloves mm. on. They make the walk, and there's some incredibly mental challenge, incredible mental challenges that come along uh, with that sport. And uh, I think I said it through. Uh, I've said it several times on this show that I like watching fighting. Of course, I do. I, I, that's why I'm here. But I like speaking to the people that actually do the fighting more because I'm fascinated by them. And every single time that I speak to these people, I learn more about them and the, and, and the things that mm. drive them. Often the thing that drives them is love. They're doing it, whether it be the, for the family, for themselves or whatever it may be. That's the, that, that's the driving force. And you kind, of, you kind of come to understand when you spend a lot of time with these people that they're just like me and you. Yeah. They're just like me and you, but they've got a different job, you know? And, and yeah. we kind of forget that, don't we, a little bit? And for Ryan, in, in the stardom that he is currently at, because he is one of the biggest stars, I don't care what anybody says, you yeah, just said about his social media following, he is one agree. of the biggest stars, to be able to deal with the superstardom of what he's going through, and then the mental stresses of having to actually go and fight, that's big. That is absolutely huge. And if you've got mental health issues, if you suffer with anxiety and you suffer with those types of things, they're only going to be compounded in this game. So for him to have the maturity, and that's the key word, the maturity for him to go, do you know something? I'm not right. I'm taking a step back. I'm going to get myself sorted because when I do fight, I want to give you and myself 100%. I owe it to myself to do that. Um, and I wish him all the best in his search for calm and fingers crossed he can get there because he's a talented kid, man. I, I want to mm. see him fight more often. And there's, there's a lot of fights out there that would definitely make me spend my money and buy a ticket to go and watch Ryan Garcia fight. So we wish him all the best. Absolutely. You know, you, you've highlighted tonight in some of the other news on football how important it is that people don't receive abuse on social media and, and you oh, never yeah. know it. I mean, I, 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 I'm just digressing very briefly. Billie Eilish, brilliant and beautiful as she is, used to respond to all her social media followers, to all their questions, and she stopped doing it in the end because there were just a few that were abusing her. And you never know, it could be something like that with Ryan that's really, really troubling him. Yeah. Look, it, we, everybody needs to clean this thing up because it's a brilliant thing, social media, but it can be iniquitous as well. No, absolutely. Um, just quickly, Gareth, uh, because I think we've only got about uh, a minute and a half, two minutes remaining. Yeah. Um, last weekend, it wasn't to be for uh, Liam Williams. Demetrius Andrade came through and got the job done. What is your overall, uh, re now that we've had seven days removed, what's your overall thought on the fight? Well, style to make fights. What, what Liam Williams showed was that you can put a dent in Andrade. I mean, thank God he didn't fight Billy Joe Saunders because we'd have got 17 punches in 12 rounds and it would have been a stalemate. Um, right. I think Liam's, <laughs> I think, you know, Liam Williams' stock rose because he just showed how tough he is in the right kind of fight. As Frank Warren mentioned tonight, Liam Williams could end up fighting someone like Felix Cash or, mm. you know, those kind of guys at middleweight. Eubank um, Jr. Eubank Jr. Eubank Jr. Oh my God, that would be an amazing fight. Um, you know, 
I do think he's got the world class will about him and and the world class tenacity. So um, it, look, his stock rose for me, even though he didn't win because he did manage to buckle Andrade late in the fight. Yeah, and from Andrade's point of view, um, Triple G. I think Triple G would beat him. I'd, I'd rather see him fight um, Charlo next um, in a big unification fight. That could be a good one. Well, he's he, he's the matador against a bull. Anyone that's coming forward against him yeah. is going to be an interesting fight. But he really needs big fights and big names because he's not being a crowd pleaser at the moment. So there you have it, an action-packed podcast once again. If you can't come and join us live on Saturday nights, you can always join us here. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast via iTunes or via the TalkSport website. We'll catch you next time. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 